Are you ready? Welcome to Radio Grognard, King Size, the OSR podcast with more stuff, with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hi folks, Old Man Grognard here. Hope you're all doing well. It's a nice day. Hey, today I want to talk about magic and magic items and how they affect characters. And we'll talk about that after this. All right. First, I'm going to say I have a character in my Monday game called Lojack. And he is a fighter. He runs his own adventuring group right now. Uh, in fact, they are an extension of his original adventuring group in another city. This is Eberron. And they're basically field agents. They're contracted out to us. They're our operatives. And basically, I'm the I'm the, the boss, the leader, because I'm the one who pays them. Um, and I basically model it after Private Eye, Private Eye uh, kind of thing. Uh, Lojack has two other other partners, an elf named Byron and a dwarf named Dinkus, but they're off doing other things right now. So I had to recruit other adventures. That's how we the party came together, basically. So I think of it more like Batman and the Outsiders type of thing. But they are—they've really proved their worth. The the Chaos Group. But anyway, I I'm I'm digressing. Lojack, as a character quirk, that I I keep consistently in him. He's allergic to magic. Now I did tweak that a little. He's a he's allergic to wizardly magic, to arcane magic. He is not allergic to divine magic. The gods have favored him that way. So every time something that a wizard does to him happens, actually I did divine also. I want to, I didn't want to have to him be allergic to like healing potions and things. That'd be bad. But every time somebody whips a spell on him or something like that, he has to make a con roll. And if he fails that con roll, he throws up automatically. He will get sick to his stomach and throw up. Now, I'm not saying the spell will not work. It's just that he's allergic. Now, that doesn't hardly affect gameplay or my char- playing my character because I love it. I love having that, that, that idea. See, Lojack is basically based on me as a private eye. And I have bad allergies, so I wanted to do something in a fantasy world to reflect that. So he's allergic to magic. So have you ever thought of doing quirks like that to your character? I mean, you know, he can use they can use magic on him, but he's going to be sick for a minute for for a while. Um, I wrote an uh, a, I wrote a I wrote a novel about him and the other the other care the other characters uh, Dinkus and. And Byron, the uh, they're they're known as the Lumpers because his name is Lojack the Lumper. That's his name, Joe Lojack Theodore Lumper. And so he named it after himself. Big deal. But he 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 has that, and I haven't. I I and I started to think about it because you know magic is not natural in the real world, but it can be in a fantasy world. Now we're talking high magic, low magic. How is it affected? How are characters affected? I mean, DCC, Dungeon Crawl Classics, I think is 
a step in the right direction with the tables you roll every time you cast a spell and corruption. I think corruption is a little severe, but then again, the characters always have a chance to dodge that by rolling well and other things like that. I mean, you know, you got spell burn and all that kind of stuff. So it's a step in the right direction. I'm kind of a fan of wild magic because that can directly affect characters. And it's usually something trivial. Sometimes it's something not so trivial. I mean, if you're throwing a fireball and it's wild magic and you end up immolating the entire party in a TPK, well, that's a problem. Um, And magic items. Also, as far as luxury goes, he can use magic items. But if they're used on him, again, he's going to have an allergic reaction. But... There are, you know, there, there's some pretty good magic items out there for that. Anyway, you know, the the wild magic thing, I kind of like because my my results tend to, I tend to lean them towards the silly. So I had, I had one, well, no, that that's, that's divine magic. All right, let's talk about divine magic for a minute. There was a game where, I was running it, and my my grandson Gage, his fighter or whatever it was, um, they found they found a statue to a frog god, and he decided. I don't remember if he attributed, you know, gave him some gold pieces or he defaced it. I think he defaced it, but and it was one of those, you know, the god the god will get some kind of retaliation as determined by the GM. And that was easy. I gave him a frog head. So now he, ha- and he loved it. Now he has a frog head. In fact, in- including, including the tongue action thing, you know, and he's used that more than once. Now I didn't do it as an advantage on him. I just thought it was funny. And it's like, do you want to, you want him to turn it back? Go see a priest, you know, the whole quiet, da, da, da. no, he loves it. He loves stuff like that. This is, this is a guy who, when he plays played B one and Pathfinder, uh, not Path on uh, B one and D and D at the North Texas RPG Con, his character remember the the room with the pools in him for different effects. He jumped in every single one of them and got affected. One of them, he became ten feet tall. One of them, he turned blue. One of them, he became blind. And they ran into a pack of kobolds, or he ran into a pack of kobolds that killed him because, I mean, they, they didn't kill him because they were enemies. They were scared of him. He, they thought he was some kind of weird kind of monster. So now whenever Bad Mike runs B1 outside of the, the cave where the, where the people go in, uh, <laughs> there, is a, there is a head on a blue head on a pike, and that is my my grandson's character. So he has a legacy. But that kind of thing, you know, I love doing, I'm not saying I'm sadistic and I love doing that to the characters, but I love to see something like that to the characters. Those are the kind of, those are the kind of character things you don't initially think about. And it's like, you know, fighting a monster with a cold. The monster has a cold. You know, would you like to fight a dragon who has a head cold? And, you know, even if he even if he doesn't do anything to him, you know, all of a sudden he breathes fire because he sneezed. I've seen that in a cartoon, but it works. What the hey, you know? 
Um, and how does think about how does magic influence the characters in a in a not in a one way or in just a, a general way? Something like that. Something that lasts. Now the corruption thing, like I said, I'm not really comfortable with it, but but like I said, they have a chance. The, what I like about the one thing I like about DCC is the fact that one, it's Gonzo, and two, there are there is a reasonable chance to avoid all the pitfalls and the bad stuff that happen. And that's all I need is a reasonable chance if I was playing this. I can even get behind the character funnel sometimes, or most of the time. I mean, yeah, okay, you got a half dozen characters, run them through, you got one. Good. First level, boom. But the the magic thing is... I just, it's just so, you know, it's ingrained. I have a, you know, if I had a care, and, and you know, that can go with for damage in general or anything in a, in a fantasy world or any other world. I mean, I, I wouldn't hesitate to have a character lose a leg and have a peg leg or something like that. It may cost him in movement instead of 20 feet around, 20 feet of turn, he can go 10 feet of turn. Oh, well. And I'm sure there's a lot of characters out there with a bunch of scars on their head, on their their arm, whatever. You know, I like the old, uh, you know, scar across the cheek that looks sexy to the women type of thing. But that's that's my kind of thing. And then I, you play the character as you see fit. And so you really should think about that. In fact, I wouldn't be adverse to coming up with wild magic results. Come up with your own chart. Be D10, D20, D100, whatever. I know in 2nd edition uh, Forgotten Realms, that's the, that's the first time I heard about wild magic. And they, they have wild magic tables in the Forgotten Realms book for 2nd edition that you can roll on. I'd look at those and just, you know, extrapolate from there. Find a find like half a dozen unique things and put them in the table, or a dozen unique things and put them in like a D100 table uh, that you already have. Say, take that wild magic thing and go, okay, I'm going to take these out and I'm going to put these back in. You know, the basic stuff you do in you know, GM 101 type thing. Everything you do, here's my rule. As far as, as far as GMing goes, anytime you can customize something to you is a good thing. And that goes for magic, too. And also magic items. I mean, what do potions taste like? What if you have a potion that tastes like sriracha sauce and burns the hell out of you every time you take it? And it's a healing potion. That's the thing. Uh, what about one that tastes like bananas? One that smells real bad. One that, that's like very, very bitter. And you have to choke it down. In fact, I'd like to make my healing potions like that. Give them a real medicine-y taste, like, say, uh, NyQuil or something like that, where you just go, you, you drink it and go, oh, okay. Oh, I feel better, but boy, give me, give, me my, uh, give me that water skin so I can wash my mouth out type of thing. <laughs> That's called personality in, in magic items. And, of course, we all know the intelligent swords, swords with ego. Uh, I had a game once where a, where a fighter, a friend of mine was playing a fighter and he found an intelligence sword. But the sword, he was like an intelligence of, 
11, but the sword was only intelligence of 12. So he was just slightly smarter than him. So they would get in all sorts of trouble because they discussing, oh, that's a good thing to do. And it's probably the wrong thing to do. And they do it anyway. I'm surprised he stayed alive. I really am. I remember he named the sword Blunderbutt. And the sword didn't like that at all. But, you know, magical weapons. And, you know, magical weapons, intelligent weapons, aren't restricted to swords. There can be axes. There could be daggers. Hell, there could be nunchucks that are intelligent. You know, when that once you get into that ego thing, it starts getting in the way of, you know, doing stuff. Um, but, you know, magic items, you're always going to try and make them unique. If you remember, some of you, you, you younger people remember, will not remember, but our old, us old guys remember the first edition DMG, AD&D DMG, and what you, and they had like ancient artifacts in there. And what they would do is they would describe it and then give you like six to 12 blank lines to put effects. They may have given like one main effect, but any other effects, that's up to the GM. They had the one, they're the one who has to go in there and say, okay, this, uh, this Vorpal sword does also this, this, and this, along with that, you know, that kind of rod of cancellation, this, this, and this. So, so think about, think about that with your magic, any magic item. I mean, you should go in there and just customize the hell out of them just to give it more flavor. Magic is flavor as far as I'm concerned. It just adds to the flavor of the game. And that's always a good thing. All right, I got to go start my day. So if you guys want to talk to me about this or anything else, oldmangrognardgmail.com or drop a voicemail on Anchor. We are monetized. So as little as 99 cents a month, you too can help support this program. I would thank you. For single donations, go to my Ko-fi page, ko-fi.com slash oldmangrognard or my PayPal tip jar, paypal.me slash oldmangrognard. Let me thank these people who do give to me monthly. Gilbert Suarez, Juan Carlos Llewellyn, Benjamin Brodell, John Allen Large, and Aaron. Thank you very much. For other good podcasters, Dan Gregg's The Young Y-U-N-G Young Grognard Podcast, Kevin at the Red Caps Podcast, Daniel Norton's Bandits Keep Podcast, Randy and Joe's Biggest Geekest Podcast, Big John Allen Large's The Red Dice Diaries, and my friend Eric Tenkar's Tavern Chat. So, until I see you folks next time, keep the dice warm and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. You got questions? You got comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com Tune in next time when Radio Grognard King Size is on the air. <laughs>